and welcome to another episode of the Hacktivist Podcast. This is a special episode and our first episode for 2019. Interestingly, we decided to have a conversation with a bunch of awesome individuals. I'll let them introduce themselves and then I'll let you know why this episode is special. My name is Kwabna and I am joined today by... Uh, my name is Rashid. I'm Layla. Rosie. Quisi. I'm Joel, but you can call me Miss J. I'm Yaula. Awesome. Now, people, we are joined today by members of the LGBTQIA community. Um, this episode, we want to find out. Um, who they are, what they do, get a, a little bit personal with them. And then we also want to have a one-to-one -one with them on some other issues. Trying to get to know members of the community, uh, we'll, we'll have a, a, a bit of a segment right now where I, I ask a, a few questions, right? Already you've, you've told us your names, but um, do you have a pre preferred pronouns or, or would you like us to know which alphabet you are in the LGBTQIA community? Um, so, yeah, we want to start with Leila. Yeah, um, I'm a queer woman, queer Muslim woman, and, yep. <laughs> okay, and Rashid? Uh, I'm a gay man, um, yeah, formerly Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rosie? I'm non-binary and I'm hetero. Awesome. And, Kwesi? Questioning. Awesome. I'm a trans woman. Awesome. Um, I'm a queer woman and I'm, I'm a bi. Awesome. Hey, we are, we are, we are really represented here. By the way, I'm cis-hetero, so I'm like the lamest person here right now. But then again, um, back to you. Um, you did not let us know your preferred pronouns or your whatever you, whatever... Um, Okay, I understand that you are trans, but what are your preferred pronouns? Do you? She. She. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. I just wanted to get it out there that there are people in the community with whom you have to respect yeah. their pronouns. Awesome. Now, let's talk about your experiences growing up. Um, so, when did you realize you were different? Leila? Okay, I realized I was different when I was in school. Let's say when I got to junior high school. Um, you know, mostly students would be like, oh, okay, today I'm going to see this guy, and like I'll be there just not wanting to see any guy. But I prefer rather fantasizing around girls, being like, oh, you're cute, you have a cute boobs, like that time too, I don't have boobs, and <laughs> I'll be all over the place with the girls. And it started there. And one day I got home with a colleague and we went to my grandmother's bathroom. We ended up doing some stuff. We didn't even know what we were doing. And my uncle got to see us. That day he beat the hell out of us and we stood. But it all really got started when I got to the senior high school because I was dating one of my operators in school. And I was having the special treatment and other stuff. So that was where it really started. 
So from there, I was into it. So I completed. I was with her, and now I go into the let me see the real world and I started dating other people. Yeah. Awesome. Rashid. Um, how did I find out? Oh, oh, when did I? Yeah, how did you know? Um, no, when? Okay. You were yeah, I think I knew in P4, um, to quite specific. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it was around that time that um, many of my classmates, so, so it was started in P4, but went on to like P6. Where, like most of my classmates, it started like, you know, writing letters to girls in other schools mm-hmm. and then being all lovey-dovey with them. And I used to be very good at drawing, so sometimes I would draw like flowers on their, on their, on their notepads and then stuff. And then, yeah, but, uh, but I never was very interested in it myself because I guess didn't see any interest in that. Yeah, I mean, I used to see guys and think that they look cute, but then I thought every other guy went through that mm-hmm. and everyone else thought that. And so I just thought, like, you know, it's a phase that will go away and at some point I would be fine. Then it didn't go away and I was with that until, like, um, I think my third year of high school, from my P4 to, like, my third year of high school. And then um, at this point I was Muslim. And so I told myself that I, I was trying very hard to, like, to, well, let these feelings go away, kind of these attractions to other men. So uh, I kind of dedicated my last Ramadan, the fast, to... Um, to, um, to yeah, to cleansing my soul, essentially. That I guess, because my Ramadan, Muslims ask God for heaven or any number of things. But for me, I guess like I don't want heaven. I don't want anything. I don't even want to pass my exams. I just want this thing to go away, and it didn't. And this was the time that like I'd already begun questioning my religion anyway. So kind of this was one of the things that kind of sent you pushing to be like, you know what, this is not going anywhere. If God were going to change this, it, He'd have changed it already. So this is me, and this is who I am, and I'm stuck with it. And actually, so if you're stuck with it, I actually quite like it. It's, it's, it's fabulous. It's fun. <laughs> Joel? Yeah. Well, I think I know my sexuality since my infancy. Since I, I, I became an adolescent. Right to JHS to SS. I quite remember when I was growing up, I told my parents, I called them and I told them, Dad, look, I don't want to marry in future. I want to marry a man. And my mom said, listen, you are crazy. <laughs> There's something wrong about it. I said, no, mom, I'm, I'm, I, I know who I am. I, this is what I feel within me. And it's like my mom will call, always call me to come in when she's going out for a fashion, for instance, she will call me, come and do my hair for me, come and see the stuff of a dress I wear, is it okay on me? So it's like, I'm the favorite among the five siblings. I'm the favorite when it comes to uh, my mom and my dad. So when I completed uh, a GHS to SS, since uh, from primary school, my dad will send me to a boys' school, single-sex school no mixed school. So when I told, after GSS, when I told my dad I don't want to marry a lady when I grow up, she said, no, you are not going to a boys' school again. You are going to a mixed school. I said, no, I want to be in the uh, single-sex school. So it, it, it's like we, it became a fight between me, my, me and my dad, and I told my dad I'm, not, I'm no longer going to school again if I'm not going to a mixed school, a, a, a single-sex school. So she, he actually sent me to a, a Roman Catholic school at Kofuridia, a, a very strong Christian school. So Kofuridia uh, is where I was exposed to this this. Even though I had it in me, because I don't have guys around to be 
practicing these things with, but I have the feelings in me. I don't have any feeling for girls. It's, that's, it's, it's a big fact when it comes to girls. I, I like girls around me, but I don't want to do anything with them. That's Miss G. So, after SS, where I began, I began to explore myself. I, I want to I told my dad, look, look, listen, now I'm a, a full-grown adult. This is who I want to be. I want to be a trans woman. I want to be a woman. I want to be a gay. And I said, look, are you crazy? So I realized I was dating one guy. This guy was my, my, my father's childhood friend, son. So it's like uh, we had a little misunderstanding. When uh, I brought the, the guy brought the issue to my dad, and my dad asked me, "Are you crying? What's wrong? What 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 is the relationship between?" And I told him, "It's it's just a, fr- a normal friendship, because I want to protect the image of this guy. He's he's not he's not all out like me, like myself. Me, I I want to be myself, so I'm all over the place. You can see me with this beard. It's it's there for." for fashion. It's nothing but within me, I'm a woman, a trans woman. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah? Um, with me, I think uh, I started realizing it uh, at the age of 10. Um, because, like, you know, growing up, like, I think, as Leela said, you are in school, and then everybody is fantasizing about getting married to a guy, wedding, and all that. And to me, it wasn't like that. Uh, to me, I don't. I have never even sat down to think about wedding. That's one thing. And then to think I'll be getting married to a man is another thing. And so now, growing up, I was questioning whether it's marriage that I don't really like, or is the fact that I don't want to be with a man. So I had this. I'm fighting both of this thing. And then till like I was like from my 10, 11, 12 coming, I still realized like the feeling is there. I didn't grow up having feelings for men in my class. Like, you know, kids who have this, they would daydream about which class preference is their boyfriend in school, you get to JSS, like it's, it's there. But I never had this boyfriend in JSS or primary school, nothing like that. It was all with like I fantasize about women a lot than I did with men until I think I completed JSS. And then I think the thought of being with men came in because I felt like I'm from a Christian home and it's a sin. We all know like it's a sin to be with another woman. So I think I blocked that part and then I started dating men. So dating other men, I, I started learning about my sexuality because I didn't have anybody to look up to there was nobody there like this auntie of yours is a bisexual woman or she's a lesbian or this uncle of yours is this so I started learning about my sexuality when I went to SS XS1 SS2 and I was learning about my sexuality but I never had anything to do with any woman I'll go on the net I'll learn about it I started asking odd questions in my family but I think people really didn't get to catch the point that I was making. I'll ask like until I got I got to find out that one of my aunties was a bisexual woman whose husband actually knew that she likes women. And then the man would welcome my auntie's girlfriends to their home. 
he will buy gifts for them and all that. And I'm, so I'm asking my mother, like, how does this even work? Like, he knows that this woman is, they are not just friends. So, like, what, like, then my mother would be like, everybody has, um, have choices. If that's, maybe, because he's a military man and he travels a lot, he feels it's okay for the wife to be with other women. So then, that started boosting my confidence, like, oh, okay, so, my, and my, me and my auntie, we were close to, so I'm like, oh, okay, so I have someone that actually is like me. So I went to my auntie and then I asked her, like, is this, is this normal? And what she told me was, it's not supposed to be normal, but that's the world we find ourselves in. What if this is what it's actually meant to be? Imagine um, heterosexual uh, people are being oppressed not to get married to each other, like the way um, LGBTs are being oppressed not to get married to each other. So it, it, she, she even doesn't know. What she knows is she grew up like this. She likes men, she likes women, and that's it for her. So I, I, it, I got to know a whole lot in my family. I got to know people that were actually like that, so then I'm not odd. Or it's not strange, and wherever this is coming from, then it's coming from my family. Because until you talk about it, then you realize there is actually someone who has been dying inside to talk about it. So I think I will, I got to up to twenty four or five before I had my first sexual uh, sexual experience with a woman. And until then, I was still questioning like, oh, am I a lesbian? Am I a bisexual? And I realized. I don't know if there's anything like being like 80% lesbian and then 20% bisexual because I know I feel more comfortable with women than I feel with men. And then the kind of chances I'll give to a woman when I'm dating her, I won't give a man that chance. Like you, you mess up and I'm like, I'm just going. I don't even want to hear it. So I feel more comfortable being with women than men. So that's how mine went on. So it's me learning myself. Before I got to know that there's even a community out there, there are organizations out there that are willing to help people understand their sexuality. So everything was on me before I, I got to know all this. So with me, that's practically how my sexuality went. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, Chrissy, you wanna chip in something? No, you're good, okay, awesome. Uh, I want us to, you, you mentioned representation. I've seen that as a theme that cuts across representation. And something you said, yeah, was very poignant. And it was that once you start to talk about it, then you realize how many people are dying inside to also talk about it. So before we even move on, I just want us to, to speak on representation. How, you know, obviously, we have um, representation of LGBTQIA people out from outside Ghana. But how do you feel about representation inside Ghana? You, do you think um, folks who are gay or bi or whichever category should be able to come out, especially if they are famous, to, form, uh, to, to create some form of representation, as you mentioned, because in the U.S., for instance, Ellen DeGeneres is, has become an icon and has helped a lot of people to also be able to come out to their, to their families. So do you think if we have a lot of representation like that amongst um, the, in quote, celebrities or, in, or people in places of influence and power, it will push more voices to, to be able to come out of the closet? 
to me, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yes and no. If I have my way, I'm going to come out. I mean, I don't owe anybody anything, right? Nobody feeds me, nobody clothes me. But then again, we live in a community where someone will be a lesbian, bisexual, gay, trans, they know they are not out there or haven't even practiced it. And that's where the self-hate comes in. So this person can actually even contact people to even hurt you. You understand? If we have celebrities out there who are LGBT, in the LGBT communities, but nobody knows, they know what they do in their bedrooms or whatever, and they can come out, it can help. Because to me, it helped me. And I have people in my family that maybe even I have aunties, like direct aunties, that me, me being who I am as a bisexual woman and me making it very visible for them to see, make it possi- made, made it possible for them to talk to me about their partners. You understand? Awesome. And these are not like distance answers. I'm talking about like, you know, your mother's sister, yeah. that kind of direct. That's what I'm talking about. That actually talk, they, they, that now they are free to talk about it. Like recently, I think about a month ago, because of the things I put on Facebook and on my page, I've had friends come up to me and then answer themselves. Some haven't done it before, but that's who they are. That's what they've been feeling. Some have tried it once or twice, but they don't know how to go about it. Like, it's, you know, like we are in a Christ- Christian country. Ghana is a Christian country, like a religious country. Yes, that's what we want to believe. So then, if we can, we can have these celebrities come out and then be like, you, you know what, I'm a gay man or I'm a gay woman. It's going to help, help a lot of people. A lot of people, like a lot of kids coming up. Because if, when you walk into a room, you don't have to assume everybody in that room is a heterosexual person. Or everybody sitting in that room wants to get married or have kids. But that's the kind of mentality we are walking around with. So then it becomes hard. People can be themselves. And even a celebrity coming out to say he or she is a gay person, you know, you know the country we are in. So it's a yes and a no. If the police, for example, it's not been legalized, we are not legalizing it. Gay people are not saying, okay, legalize it in Ghana for us, but we are saying protect us because it's a, we have human rights, it's rights for everyone. So when a, a celebrity comes out to say, I'm a gay man or I'm a gay woman, and he or she gets attacked, and then the police doesn't say, oh, it's because of who she is or because of who he is. That's why he gets attacked. So there's not going to be justice on, from the person. Then I don't think it would be fair for the person to come out. Even in... Yeah, um, I think what you said, I support it. But to me, what I think is... Uh, being on high rank position in the country, you don't actually have to come out, but you need to minimize the internal homophobic. Because most people are into these positions instead of them educating the people around them to get them feel okay around these people, they end up spreading its switch whilst they are also into the same thing, but they end up spreading its switch. So, all this gang up then people will start hating, frowning on us, instead of them liking us. And maybe you, this celebrity, you have, the, you have this space to be able to create peace among people, but you end up promoting hatred. And some of them will even use these religious bondages just to promote hatred. 
and it's not helping. So you can either choose not to come out, that's for your position, but at least use that position and be fair to others. Just educate people on sexuality and how diverse we are and how people should respect others' genders and make sure the community is likely with them. Because you can't be at where you are, spread hate speech, and whilst you yourself, you are hating yourself and hating others. Because I know most celebrities are either bisexual, some of them are lesbians, and they are still there posting hate speech about LGBTs on social media, which is promoting more hatred for the community. Yeah. Ms. Jane? Yeah. When it comes to coming out to, who, to say who you are or to be protected, or something. I think coming out, I strongly believe that if these celebrities we are talking of come out boldly to, to say who they are, then we have like a majority of number just to push forward for what we want this security uh, security to put in place for us, for our safety. If, we, if they said they are not coming out, previously the president said we don't have voice to back this LGBT advocate we are advocating for. If we have this number, this percentage, to push forward to parliament or to these high-rank positions, this is what we want. We want our right to be protected, not to, not LGBT to be legalized. No, our right to be protected. Like if if we are attacked, if we are abused or something, if we run to the police, the police is 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 is, is willing to help to to help us. To I mean, uh, arrest those perpetrators. Mm-hmm. So coming out helps a lot. We have a number. In fact, uh, there's a time we are advocating for this LGBT uh, 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 rights, not legalized right to be respected. They said this number you are advocating. These people you are advocating. To, you are advocating for. Are they there? Where are they? Who are they? Are they willing to come out to tell their story, what they are going through? And we are there, we are there like, like we don't know whom, what we are doing. We are calling for them to come and report their cases. Nobody is willing to come out. If you don't come out, then this thing we are doing, all the hard work we've been doing is amount to zero. To what I've learned from the conversation so far, um, I think that from what Aula was saying, and yours, because she's saying that yes or no, because the numbers of people, if the person comes out and their rights will be infringed upon, then it's dangerous. Then, rather, you know, she will advise that it doesn't happen that way. And I think that what Ms. J is saying to is right that if they are going to come out, then you have to come out in your numbers. You know, there has to be that support. And I think that that's what will allow a lot of people to come out. But because everybody's coming one, 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 then... But I also uh, agree with what uh, Leila is saying, because if you won't come out, then either be quiet about it or speak, share the love. Don't spread the hate. That's that's what I think I'm um, getting. I think Rashid wanted to add something. Okay. okay. Um, <coughs> so, um, yes, about representation. And then... I really, all the points I actually agree with. There's just one thing I wanted to add also. Um, it's more than just celebrities too, but sometimes just like, even just respected people in your neighborhood. Okay, so not just about, like, yeah, so just people that you can, that you know personally, like, you know, some neighbor, like, you know, some, the university student who lives like three, three streets down the block or something like that. So that kind of person. So, like, so 
representation is more than just about like media and like in places where people are famous, but also like in our very everyday lives. Like you know, if the market woman you go to to go buy your tomatoes is you know, like is also is bisexual or something. Now that um, admittedly is quite hard to get because um, most of the people will not come out because again. People would come out only if they know that they are safe and then they have enough social or political clout to not get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So this kind of thing, so yeah, so it's kind of um, a dicey situation. They, they can get in trouble if they come out, but then coming out also makes it easier for others to come out after them. So um, I don't, I'm not really sure uh, what point I'm trying to make with this, but I, I guess feel like, um, like in order for this to work, like no, there's a certain... A certain number of factors must like must really must, must be in play before um, the kind of stigma can begin to lift. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah. yeah, I have an answer. And one thing I want to add is about the oneness. If we ourselves, who we say we are activists, and we are fighting for human rights, which is LGBTI rights, we should try to be one. Because if I'm preaching different thing, and you're also preaching different thing, and I'm doing something to support what we all are doing, and you are not willing to support what I'm saying, who do you want to support what you are saying? So I think for us to get good fronts out there, we need to be one inside, so that we know how to coordinate ourselves, and know how to package, rebrand, and present ourselves in public, which will make people respect what we are saying, and take us serious. Because most of the time, people think what we are saying, we are just saying it for saying sick. We have nothing on ground to say on it. We are just saying the thing because we want to say it. And uh, people out there at times think, okay, these people do this because of the money aspect or what they are going to get outside, the grants, the fans, what they get out of it. But it's not like that. At times it's for the love you have for the people in the community or in the country and you want to help. So I think we have to start supporting each other inside. Then we know how to bring that thing out to get a good front. Because getting one mouthpiece is always the best. We can't, we can't just say we want a mouthpiece where we ourselves, we can't accommodate ourselves. I would like to say that, um, taken from what you're saying later, I think that it's also a matter of awareness. Yeah. A lot of times, and uh, ignorance on different parts. So, for example, maybe a lesbian that can, does not have the lived experience of a bisexual woman, or a trans man doesn't have a, a, the lived experience of a trans woman, and so it's like they are everybody's fighting for their own and not which is okay but then then it becomes like oh i don't know how to yeah, you know to, yeah i don't yeah, know how exactly. to if you can explain yeah, it better yeah, yeah it's, when you when you, take, when you take the lgbtiq community it's a broad something the uh, l stands for its own the uh, i stands for its own the g the g the b and the rest stands for its own they are all peculiar different peculiar people when it comes to the LGBT community, everybody, the, all the uh, uh, the abbreviation there is so unique to to each each of them. A trans woman seeing himself superior, a gay man or a gay woman so see himself superior. Intersex woman doesn't want to uh, to be uh, to be part of the uh, gays, the lesbian community. So it's like uh, they stand on. For, for themselves. That's how I see the LGBT community. Well, how Leila is saying that we should all come together as activists or even members of the community yeah. and allies and then try to see how you can advocate or re- yeah. there for the representation. Yeah. I agree with her 100%. But you know, when these uh, activists, when we, became, we began this activist program, it wasn't LGBT, it was MSM. 
later on before this LGBT thing came in. So it's like we were focusing on the MSM. All men having sex with men are we, we classify them as gays. So the LGBT issue was not there. It's just recently we added the LGBT IQ even recently they just added QQQI also. So it's like I'm saying Ghana now, even we, we are not we, we've not stopped uh, we've not finished fighting with the L and the G and the B and the T. Now they've started they've added the Q Q Q A. Yeah, the Q yes. That's that's where the problem is now. Okay, so as she was saying, I think what the awareness we are supposed to create has to do internally. We need to learn how to accept, as a lesbian, I should learn how to accept a bisexual. I should learn how to let them be who they are. But the internal homophobic is too much. I'll end up hating on a gay guy just because he's too feminine. And I'll end up hating, I'll say, oh no, this one is too masculine. How can he be a gay? No, he can't be a button. Like, we end up hating among ourselves. So it's high time we create that awareness, whereby we educate others to be able to accept the other groups just as who they are. If we want our right to be respected, we need to start by respecting ourselves and respecting others in the community. That's what we are supposed to do. So that's the most awareness that needs to be created. That's what we need to do. And we need to actually put a lot of work into that. Because I know a lot of people in the community who hate the community, but they say they are the community members. But we end up hate, and we all do it one way or the other. I won't exclude myself. We all do that. I'll end up saying, no, this person is a bi. No, she takes dicks. Why should I? No. We are all human, no matter what goes down there. Since we are in the community, we should learn to respect each other. We should learn to do that. And I think that respect can generate a lot of things for us. And will make people start to respect our community. Awesome. Um, yeah, uh, your final thoughts? Yes. Um, to, I want to add to what okay. Lila said. Um, like, recently, um, some videos came out, and there was, there, were, there was these guys being asked to kiss each other and all that. And then I was in this group, and what I keep seeing is, this men they just like they are men we don't I don't even know why they they enjoy sex too much they like dicks and and I was I was boiling like I was so boiling and I'm, and I'm like are you people in my mind I'm like are you people serious are you actually doing this here but I didn't know how to say it because like my boss keeps saying as an activist I need to put my emotions aside and teach people rather than coming at them personally. Because if I come at the person personally, it means I'm not, at the end of the day, I've not taught the person anything. So I was just quiet, and then somebody came, and the person was like, you don't get to talk like this. Don't discriminate the person. Whatever happens that he ended up being videoed, and the video is, the video is out, we are not even talking about that, about that right now. We are talking about the fact that a community member, your family member, is going, yes, is out there. And then the only thing you think about is, on, on no crap, him, even him that he is a man, even the, the men like taking pennies too much, this is what will happen to them. How do you say that? And when you want to teach them, they don't want to listen. They are, most of them don't want to listen. They don't even want to hear it. So at the end of the day, there is still hate. There is still hatred there. Because you come, in, you stand in front of a gay man and you say this. You won't stand in front of a gay friend of yours and say this. So why do you think because the group we are in is only L, LB... Q, 
or LB. So you're just going to talk about a gay man in the group like that. And then when, when you go behind, when you meet them, you are all like lovey-dovey. It doesn't work like that. So I agree with what Lila is saying. It's either we start supporting each other or this thing is not going to go anywhere. It's never going to work. That's true. Awesome. Uh, I have a few words to wrap this segment up. Um, first about representation. Um, beautifully put by all of you. I just want to um, bring this story out. Remember when um, she's my favorite, she's my fairy godmother, so I always mention her. When uh, Ellen DeGeneres first came out, she couldn't work for like five years. She lost everything. But then her coming out, this is why most people in the community love her so much. Her coming out spearheaded a lot of people like the bravery that they got to finally say, okay, you know what? We can also do this. We can also come out. We can also stand. And then that is what the reward she got was that she got so much support from people who had come out that she could come back on TV and have her show running for what, 20 years now. So to the celebrities out there, if you are willing, <laughs> if you are willing to be on the right side of history, you will surely get your reward. Yeah. If you are willing to be on the right side of history, you will surely get your reward. Because the people in the community are a lot, and the people who support the community are a lot. It's just that we are all mafilizi. We don't want to talk. So that if you, in any way, support, if you in any way have more people, make more people feel comfortable to come out. Remember, you, you come out, somebody in the neighborhood feels comfortable to come out, then they coming out also make somebody else in the neighborhood come out. That. They are also have come from families. They also have a community that they, are, they belong to. So if it's not just that one person who is going to support you, that person is also coming with loved ones and people that understand and love the person to support exactly. you as well. And, and that's how it, it goes. I just, I just wanted to add that. Okay, I appreciate Putting a face to, to the... To the to the advocacy, yeah. it lets people reduces people's stigma a little bit. Yeah. At least when they can put a face to okay, who is gay? Some people don't even know who a gay person is; they've never met one before. But if you put a face to it, I think it lets people it rethink. Yeah, it humanizes the whole thing and lets right. people rethink. And my second concluding point was on the minority Olympics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is is common in almost every minority group yeah. where. The, the group becomes segmented and then there's this fragmentation that happens where this man, particular minority when they gain a few like a, a bit of like a leg up they start also discriminating mm-hmm. and then like there's this whole Olympics of hey, I'm, uh, who is the most <laughs> who is the most oppressed or who has a leg up or, and it's, it's all part of the big picture of those in power trying to keep the oppressed oppressed. We have to realize that division is the tool of the oppressor. It's not just the LGBTQIA community. It's happening, it happens in the black community. It happens in, basically, in, even in the gender advocacy community. It, it, you, you see the fragmentations happen where, for instance, Christian feminists will think that, oh, they are, they are better than Muslim feminists or they are better than 
humanist or atheist feminist or humanist thinking, oh, they are better than uh, atheist or better than the religious. Yeah, so we see all of that, but then it blinds us to the big picture that there is inequality, and that inequality is what we need to fix. All right. Um, Rashid? Yeah, um, I just want to make a point about the... um the division, the division, uh, division between um, uh, amongst the minority groups themselves. It's like they're just. I think that there's one key thing that we, that many of us lose sight of whenever we talk about these issues. It's that the reason why we even have LGBT even as a term is because we have all been collectively fucked over. If I can use that yes. language, <laughs> yeah, collectively Not like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like like we've been like you know we've been like screwed over like collectively this way. Mm-hmm. So it's like which is why we are banding together to actually fight this stuff. So whatever the small difference is or whatever stereotype like you know that one even like fine we, we can we can discuss that later and then we can, we can fix that later we can correct your assumptions later but right now we are i shouldn't say war because it's not really war but then like right now we are essentially under attack like literally and otherwise yeah. like so we actually have to actually band together and stop that one to begin with and stop that fucking over then after that we can now decide like you know how where want to now take the rest of the direction of the community so it's like we are over prioritizing the smaller squabbles that don't mean anything and th- that's why it's yeah so that's why i guess thing i like you no know, we actually we don't have to lose sight of like of why we are a community to begin with because others are trying to fuck us over and that's why we are together all right okay bro. so i just wanted to touch on a few things i've learned or like uh, that i find intriguing um i think um Rashi, no, sorry, Miss J mentioned something about single-sex schools, which is funny. I think that it's such a fallacy for people to assume that single-sex school or mixed schools have anything to do with anything because they are born this way. Um, I've gone to a single-sex school, a girls, all-girls school. It had no influence on my sexuality or anything like that. I, 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 I don't think so. And so is um, Kobnaye because he also went to a single-sex boys' school. And yet we are we identify as hetero. Um, I also find it intriguing about the religious influences or, and stuff like that because, um, as Rashid, for him, his experience was about um, him questioning his take or his um, yes his religious beliefs. Um, others also that have you know come to realize that it, for, for them it even enforces their religious beliefs. So that that I find intriguing. And then. Um, I would like to mention something about the sexual experience part. And I feel like a lot of times people feel like you have to be sexually experienced for you to be validated as in, oh, now I know I'm gay because this is what I like. But I feel like a lot more people, um, and I think from some statistics, it's like 50%, don't even ever have any sexual experience. It's just, you know, how they feel. And Miss J touched on that. That you, you feel it, whether you like it or not. And I feel like a lot of people, when I'm, I'm having a debate with heter- um, heterosexuals who are homophobic or something like that, I try to let them point out to them that, did you, choose, did you choose to be attracted to the opposite gender? None of us did. Actually, if you think about it, you didn't, nobody chose and said, I, I would prefer to be with a man or I prefer to be with a woman. It's how you feel is how you were born and there's nothing anything it's not it's not nature it's nothing like that and so i think that people have to reevaluate their homophobia and where it's coming from you can't always blame it on oh this is just from religion or something like that but if you think about it logically there is no other you know way of you validating homophobia based on some warped ideas of, of sexuality or sexual orientation 
What a great way to end this episode. All right, humans, we'll continue this conversation next time we meet. As always, think for yourself, care for others. Yeah.